0: Welcome to the Spanish Arpada. I'm Sarah.
1: And I am Peter. And
0: we are ranking and reviewing all of the rulers of Spain from Leovigild to Felipe VI. And mm. this week we are reviewing El Samh. uh
1: Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Got oh, you there. N-
1: you are not even going to get me to attempt to spell that.
0: <laughs> I will spell it for you. It is A-L Thank hyphen. You. And then it's uh-huh. S-A-M-H. Yeah
1: oh no and
0: typically the h is written with a dot underneath it to indicate that it's not just an h it's a
1: it's a okay gotcha it's a guttural sound so you got that that glottal thing going on there okay all right
0: indeed indeed yes our our next governor and this is this is going to be a fun episode
1: right i will be referring to him as this week's subject or the guy we're talking about
0: (laughs) probably the best and probably something that i will slip into myself is just calling him el sam
1: okay all right Uh,
0: because
1: all right as a
0: non-speaker i find it a a little difficult sometimes
1: yeah i i will say you know as as you know my my wife and her family are jewish and Mm -hmm. i have been castigated for my pathetic attempts at, at anything that is Hebrew adjacent. So anything that involves the, the, the glottal, uh, the uvula as a means of pronunciation is just out of my wheelhouse i can't do it
0: i'm a little better at it than your average Mm. non-semitic language speaker just because there is so much arabic influence in spanish
1: right right? Right. especially
0: spanish from spain and i lived in the Mm -hmm. south of spain for some time so so it's it comes a little easier to me but again i i do not speak arabic itself So we're all kind yeah. of doing our best here.
1: I'm, I'm strictly a French-Italian type where it's, if it ain't a vowel, we don't really pronounce it. All we, no. all we do is vowels. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I,
0: I do have one source that I want to talk okay. about before we get oh. to the biography. This mm-hmm. is actually a later source, and I'm using it mostly to confirm and to fill in gaps. This mm-hmm. source is called The History of the Mohammedan Dynasties in Spain. That's its its English translation.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: (laughs) It's by a historian called Al-Makari
1: oh it is actually written by uh oh yes okay that's sorry generally speaking you know Mohammedan is is a word that you tend to run into in like English mystery plays when they're explaining why somebody's a devil worshiper it's not it's generally not a word that I associate in English with anything other than an absolute pejorative well Um, it
0: was written in the 1600s and that's where the translation also comes from so that's that's why this, this this choice of word was made.
1: Okay, gotcha. All um,
0: right. interestingly enough, this source was the primary source of information for the early Muslim period in Spain for a very long time.
1: Oh, okay. Just
0: because it was all they had until some of right. the other manuscripts that we've been talking about were discovered and I translated.
1: I see. I see. Nobody okay.
0: had anything else. Oh, look hmm. at look at Phyllis back there. You don't uh, want no. Uh, okay, hold on a second, Phyllis. That
1: was. <laughs> Right. Creative editing, and I'm sure. Now right. I'm
0: completely catless. And- gotcha. Right. So uh, the, the history by Al Makari is, okay. uh, is our new source.
1: All right. All
0: right. Now, before yeah. we start on Al Saf's biography, I want to talk a little bit about how his name is spelled.
1: Mm-hmm. I spelled okay. it out
0: for you, but a lot of times when you see his name written in Western letters in Latin mm-hmm. script, mm-hmm. you often will see it spelled Asa. Okay. This is probably because just of a misunderstanding in how it sounds, right? So the A L, Al, it means the. It's not an important word in any way right Mm -hmm. and when we have a word that's not super important i mean it's important grammatically but it's not important to the meaning of what we're saying and and we see it in english as well Mm -hmm. the word the we don't tend to really stress it no we're saying it we're Mm -hmm. not going to say i went to the store right Right. yeah it's just kind of a Mm toss-off pronunciation wise
1: sure sure
0: so when we have this L, which is a pretty loose, you know, the um, the the sound comes either side of the tongue. It's, sure. It's not a really sure. sharp sound. Yeah. Followed by another sound like S, which is a fricative and also involves right. a lot of air. Yes. Uh, you see a lot of times they'll just spell it asan.
1: Sure. Right? Now that that makes sense. I mean, it it if if if. if, if if the second syllable is the syllable that you're, you're wanting to get to, because that's really the identifying part mm-hmm. of the name, then you're going to blur over, you're going to elide the, 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 the intro noise, as it were. The article is much less important. So it's easy to see why, especially if you're, if you're a, 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 a European speaker, whatever mm-hmm. uh, that may be, you're just going to... Your ear is not going to pick up the 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 small nuances, right? And we're going to whatever. <laughs> we're going to
0: see this uh, again with another name in this episode. There's a guy coming up named Abdel Rahman, right? Ah, okay. And okay. His name is Abd hyphen R a h m a n, right? Oh, okay. With that same in the h. Right. However, a lot of times in Western sources, you'll see his name spelled as A B D A R R A H M A N. That of L has just disappeared. Right, the in L the face disappears of gotcha. the R.
1: So, okay.
0: So al samh or As-Samh are the two that we will see mm. here. All okay. Right. So on to his biography. Yes. Like sure. our previous governor, we first <laughs> hear of Al-Samh ibn, ibn Malik al kaulani when he is named governor of Al-Andalus.
1: Okay. Right. So, right. So this is, yeah, I was going to say this is, this is pretty standard so far. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they, we, they, we learn their stories when they become politically relevant.
0: Correct. However, okay. the Akbar Mahmua has a story about him that shines some light on why he may have been appointed in the first place. Oh, cool. Before he is appointed governor of Al-Andalus, al Sah is working in the administration of the province of Ifriqiya, mm-hmm. right? And he's one of the people chosen from the province to bring the provincial revenue to the caliphs. Mm. Right. The way they do it is they have, uh, when the money's about to be handed over, mm-hmm. uh, they have 10 notable people from the province travel with the money as a form mm-hmm. of security yeah. to the Caliph, and all 10 of the notables who have transported the money must swear mm. an oath that the treasure that they're handing over represents sure. the complete amount of the collection and that all the settlers <laughs> yeah. in the province have gotten their share and, and right. you know, all this kind of rigmarole, right? Right.
1: I mean, that's, this is, again, if you know anything about Vegas, uh, yeah. <laughs> going, into, going into the money room and coming out of the money room is seemingly the most mindless and trivial of tasks, but you only trust the most honest person to do it.
0: Right. So on the trip that the Akbar Mabucha tells us about, eight of the ten notables took this oath al sam and another man named Ismail ibn Abdullah, they would not swear the oath.
1: what they do? Cross their fingers behind their backs? What's going on here?
0: Well, the caliph, who is Umar at this time, yes. took yes. these two men aside to question them. Mm-hmm. He discovered that they knew that the provincial officials had been skimming off the top of the revenue. Mm-hmm. That's why they refused to swear the oath. Ah,
1: smart. Okay. So
0: now Umar knows that these two men are reliable and, yes. and trustworthy.
1: Sure. Right? Absolutely.
0: So when Umar decides to clean house and replace the governors of Ifriqiya and Al-Andalus, as we saw mm-hmm. in the last episode, sure. he knows exactly the two people for the jobs. Right. Right. Ismail becomes the new governor of Ifriqiya, and Al-Sam has sent on to mm. Al-Andalus.
1: Because who's more trustworthy than a snitch? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he wasn't willing to swear a false oath. No, no, that's, that's, that's
1: true. That's yes. true. Yeah. Uh,
0: so al Sah arrives to a peninsula that is in much better shape than the one that his predecessor, Al-Hur, found.
1: Yeah, right? I got to give Al-Hur that much credit. Not a good score, but we got to give him credit.
0: We do, because <laughs> now there's money in the treasury, there's a yes. system of judges nationwide, mm-hmm. and the north of Spain is settled and calm.
1: Right, pacified, so this, to use the yes, language of this podcast. Use, yes,
0: <laughs> yes. However, the new caliph, Umar, and remember, Umar is Suleiman's nephew. yes we have moved from the main branch of the family to a cadet branch. Right. And Umar isn't really interested in Al-Andalus as a territory.
1: Right. It, you yeah. know, basically it's, it's, uh, it's the backwater. Sure, it's Guam. We, we, we just don't care. Um, right.
0: He, he stripped Al-Hur of the governorship due to his failures in Septimania. Mm-hmm. But in truth, Umar ibn al-Aziz didn't really see the point in continuing to hold the Iberian Peninsula at
1: all. Oh, Really?
0: Yeah, Hmm. according to Ibn Al Qutiya, quote: Umar charged Al Sam with evacuating the Muslims who had settled in Al Andalus because he feared for their safety should they be overrun by the enemy.
1: Oh wow! Okay.
0: I mean, if you think about it, they're in Europe.
1: Yeah, they're surrounded by
0: Europeans, Christian Europeans.
1: Yeah you know? Yeah, but they conquered them so easily. Um, Yes,
0: that is true, but Umar just simply wasn't in the mold of Abd al-Malik, Al-Walid, or Suyaman. He wasn't interested in conquest for conquest's sake. And
1: you know what? Look, it, it costs money to run a franchise, and if the franchise isn't turning a profit, yeah, pull out, absolutely.
0: Yeah, the Chronicle um, of 754 calls the Caliph Umar, quote, benign and patient in his rule, if that
1: tells you <laughs> anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Is it opposite day? Uh. Yeah, so it, <laughs> he's
0: definitely not an expansionist conquest, hold on to as much territory as possible guy, like right. our previous few Caliphs. Right. Now, al sams doesn't take these orders lying down. He assures mm. Umar that Al-Andalus is a worthy territory to keep, and oh. that the Muslims' holdings in the peninsula are safe and secure. Okay. And to prove uh. it, he decides to undertake a census of the country. Ah, okay. So he details all the peoples, the lands, the value of the goods in the Iberian Peninsula. And mm-hmm. he also finishes up Al-Hur's regulating the treasury by dividing by lot among his allies the booty, arms, and whatever else in the way of plunder the Arab people in Spain had not yet divided. Mm-hmm. He also added a portion of all the movable and immovable goods to the fisk, which is the <laughs> treasury.
1: The movable and immovable. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, uh, so
0: movable and immovable is like movable goods are like crops and gold and okay. horses and yes.
1: immovable goods are land. Okay, so, yeah, real estate. That's, that's real really estate what I, I, I assumed mm-hmm. it meant real estate and not, yes. oh, no, you, you can't take that chandelier. That's a fixture. No, um, not like that. Okay, all right. Just making sure. Well, Umar
0: is convinced Al-Sam's mm-hmm. numbers are good enough that he decides to keep Al Andalus as part of the caliphate. Okay. In fact, he asks Al-Sam to, quote, collect for him the fifth of the spoil taken from those Christian provinces which had not yet acknowledged the authority of his law.
1: okay so much for the non-expansive um yeah so
0: what does that mean that means asturias and the basque country
1: oh god he's sending them up against the Uh basque he's
0: sending them to the north that strip of land at the very north of spain west of the pyrenees and north of the picos de europa
1: oh you fool yes um now, all right, enjoy logically, that. Logically,
0: <laughs> yeah, logically, if these places hadn't acknowledged the authority of Islam, which means mm-hmm. that they hadn't been conquered or they don't have a treaty mm-hmm. with with the caliphate, then what we're talking about is raids for plunder or mm-hmm. extortion, right? Like that—that's what's happening.
1: Yes, right? no, of course it is.
0: And many, in, scholars, in much the
1: same way that you know the English attitude to the Irish has always been, well. We're trying to civilize them, but while we're failing to civilize them, we can just take all their stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Many scholars believe that it is this action that sets up the first rebellion of the Northern Christians, which oh, okay. we will see in our next episode.
1: Oh, goody. Okay. Yes. All right.
0: That trouble's sure. still boiling away, though. It hasn't quite right. come to a point yet. So al right. turns his attention back to
1: the Franks. Oh, God. All right. You know what happened to the last guy? <laughs> you know, it's been a while since we've discussed the Franks, hasn't it? Yes. Yes, it has. Yes, it has.
0: Last time we saw them in our story, it was with Dagobert's grandsons. They right. were the ones ruling when Wamba went to Septimania to confront the rebellious Duke Paul.
1: Oh, God, that's so long ago. And remember, he um, thought
0: the Franks were going to come to Paul's aid, right. but they and never they, did.
1: They never did.
0: And then Julian wrote all about how pathetic the Franks are in his history of Wamba. Right. Right. Yeah, that's the last time we've had any interaction between Spain and France.
1: Mm, All right. Well, Well,
0: Julian wasn't far wrong at this point, because Dagobert's last grandson, who is Theoderic hmm. III, was the first of the so-called Roi Fainant, or the Do-Nothing King.
1: Ah, okay. By yeah. the way, maybe the only time in history we can actually use the phrase, Julian wasn't wrong about something.
0: <laughs> yes. Now, you can listen to the Battle Royale episodes on these do-nothing kings. They are all very short, like oh, 25 okay. minutes, because there's oh, nothing to talk oh, about.
1: It's, it's like our Tolga episode. But uh, the
0: upshot is that the kings of the Franks this time really only cared about affairs within the palace. They, hmm. didn't, they didn't really do any ruling. Oh. And... The mayors of the palace, which is a position that has become hereditary by now, are the true power behind the throne.
1: Ah, okay. So the, the stewards of Gondor have finally replaced the king. Yes, uh, and okay. the current
0: mayor of the palace at our point of the story is a man named Charles Martel.
1: Oh my God!
0: Yep, we're here. A name
1: we recognize.
0: We are here.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Yep. Uh, interesting. He was probably just known as charles martel is not his family name it's a nickname
1: Mm, it means the hammer (laughs) you know uh if you if you reach a point in your life where you are nicknamed the hammer you've probably made some very strong choices
0: yes Um. and we're gonna be we're gonna be coming back to charles martel a couple times in upcoming episodes
1: okay all right
0: now, having kings that do nothing also means mm-hmm. that the local nobility become much more important, right? right. So when al decides that he's going to make an attempt at Septimania, it's not mm-hmm. the king or even Charles Martel that he's going to be fighting against. Mm. It's the Duke of Aquitaine
1: oh okay another name we recognize that is is the name of the province okay yes
0: uh this is a man named odo so if you think of the south of france we have Septimania, which is that little bit where narbonne and toulouse are right and then like just to the northwest that's Mm -hmm. aquitaine
1: okay yes
0: but with a lack of a visigothic king aquitaine has kind of reached over into Septimania and kind Mm. of taken it on at as its own because odo Mm. is in um narbonne right uh when this all goes down right so it's duke odo that al-sam is going to face in the first campaigning season that he takes part in this is the year Mm. 720 okay this is a wildly successful campaign for the muslims
1: oh is it Oh, Al-Sam, for Odo. Okay. Or Odo.
0: Al-Sam storms across the Pyrenees, easily mm-hmm. captures Narbonne, and he sets up a garrison there. He fortifies what will be his Septimanian headquarters, and then he returns to Spain to drum up some more troops for the next campaigning season.
1: Mm, mm, mm. Okay, He has
0: set his sights on Toulouse. This is the historical capital of the Visigoths and the most important city in Septimania. And sure. Al-Sam wants it. Mm-hmm. In the 721 campaign, campaigning season so the very next year he right. returns to narbonne with more forces and siege engines
1: oh all right so yep. all right then the now, whole now, com- now we're now at the point of the story where if we're telling it on film we have to use cgi um, yes okay. then the gotcha. whole company
0: marches on Toulouse. uh-huh a, a couple notes here not only does al-sab have siege engines and mm. huge weapons of war, his cavalry use stirrups
1: Oh, oh, okay. We've we've hit that the, point in history. Okay. The Franks yeah. do not. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah the, then the Muslims are going to win because the team with the stirrups is is definitely going to be a hell of a lot more effective as cavalry.
0: This is the um, point at which the European forces will soon start using stirrups.
1: Yeah, damn right you will. Yes. In much yes, the same yes, way yes. that, you know, after the uh, Battle of Cressy, Poitiers. That's the point at which the French basically, you know, maybe these longbows are a good thing. Uh, yep. We should maybe do something about that. So, yep. Yeah, yep. Okay. or
0: like when cortez uh, came to mexico and at mm. first the aztecs were completely blindsided by the horses right but by the time he marches on tenochtitlan to take them the aztecs already had adapted their spears to be longer so they could take the horses out right it doesn't right. take that long yeah no yeah you, yeah.
1: you, you adapt quickly you
0: adapt quickly Uh, Right. So al shows up in Narbonne and uh, gets ready to march on Toulouse. Now, Duke Mm -hmm. Odo is in Toulouse. Okay. And he leaves at this point to go get help.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, Odo is no stranger to getting involved with Spaniards. Not three years before this, he was raising an army of Basques to take on Charles Martel during an interfamily mm. Frankish dispute.
1: Mm, okay.
0: Right. So he knows that there are lots of Visigoths in Septimania and he knows that the conquerors are Muslims. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's willing to help to loose out so he can continue having this Christian influence there.
1: Sure. Sure. He,
0: he actually sends a message to Charles Martel at this point to see if he would help out the South. And Charles mm. Martel said, no, thank yeah. you.
1: <laughs> this is sort of an enemy of my enemy situation. Uh... <laughs> no,
0: nope. yeah. Charles Martel says, no, sorry. I'm, I'm not yeah. going to help you out. So Odo has to go it alone. The siege begins and it mm. is devastating for Toulouse. Sure. It, it goes on for three months and Toulouse oh. is about to break. Right. Then, at the very last minute, Odo and his forces show up at Toulouse and completely rout the sieging forces.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, they, they come up from behind. al Sam wasn't really expecting it because, mm-hmm. from his point of view, they march on Toulouse and Odo runs away.
1: Uh-huh, right. And so he sure. thinks
0: i mean this guy is just a coward of course you know how how is this going to be a threat
1: right so they probably
0: weren't as watchful as they should have been
1: right plus after three months uh, when odo and his forces show up they're probably the only people involved that aren't dying of dysentery that is very Um, true it
0: was apparently very dire inside the walls of toulouse yes exactly yeah but they show up and just completely rout al-sam's army oh, thousands right. of his men were killed and al-sam himself was critically wounded oh no okay yep the muslims hmm. pulled back to narbonne and where which is where al-sam died oh god
1: That was yeah. quick i see all right
0: very unfortunate right now a man named abd al-rahman is appointed governor in extremis and right. he leads the rest of the tre- retreat back to cordoba
1: okay all right. We're not going to
0: have an episode on him next, but we will eventually have an episode on him because he remains an important personage in Spain oh. and will be officially appointed governor in the future.
1: Oh, okay. Well, all right. Yes. So doing this is his internship then? It's
0: his internship, yes. All right now oh. al sah may not have even known this but the caliph umar has also recently died
1: oh okay
0: yeah and despite how kooky that succession plan that i laid out last episode uh seemed,
1: kooky is a very nice word for idiotic um, well
0: yazid takes the throne unchallenged after umar's passing and everybody goes yeah yeah this is good this is what Sulayman wanted oh yeah, my there's god no fighting whatsoever
1: so don't understand how this is done
0: yeah they're very they need to read some more game of thrones i guess exactly well so even if al-sam had survived the defeat at toulouse he may have been demoted simply due to the changeover in caliph's right right right.
1: or the disaster yeah i was gonna say it's it's not a yeah okay gotcha Yes. Sure. So
0: Yazid, who is a son of Abd al Malik, so we're back mm-hmm. to the powerful family again. Mm-hmm. He appoints a man named Anbasa to be governor of Al Andalus, and right. Abd al Rahman cedes, cedes power to him as soon as he shows up.
1: Again, so no, no trouble ev- there. Either. Everything is going the way it is supposed to go, which yes is admirable but boring. Um, yes. Okay.
0: Uh, but that's the end of Al-Sam's governorship.
1: Oh, okay, that was brisk. Um, it was
0: brisk, but we had a a lot of stuff going on. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. All right, you ready to rate him? I, I am
0: okay. Our first category is conquistadores. This is this is kind of a hard one. He had yeah. a stunning success right. at Narbonne yes. and then a stunning failure at Toulouse. At
1: Toulouse, yeah, it, it, it is. I will say I'm, I'm inclined to give him more credit rather than blame in this category because, mm-hmm. again, the borders have gone forward. He doesn't, he takes Narbonne and he keeps it. Yes, he um, does. So there is definitely a more on the map after his rule than before, and that to me means there's got to be a, a, a pretty good score, particularly when you consider that he is he is going up against the Franks. These people are not pushovers by any means. Um, well, Julian
0: thinks they are.
1: Well, Julian also thought some stuff about Jewish people, so just not going to take his word for that. Um, I, I mean the the only thing i can apart from
0: eventually losing at tolis right, which is obvious right. the other negative thing i can say about him is mm. that the policies that he set up for extracting money from the christian areas in the north yes really i mean they 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 set the stage for rebellions now the rebellions don't kick off in his governorship
1: <clears throat> oh this is kind of will. like al-khur you know sort of planting those seeds by restoring lands and mm-hmm. yeah 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 okay so 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 okay so I don't so know if we
0: should knock him any um I, I personally, just because I know what's going to happen next, I feel like the next governor should get more blame I for see. what happens. Okay, all um, right. That's just a personal, personal right.
1: opinion. Uh, do we, yeah, do we Do we slam Calvin Coolidge or do we slam Herbert Hoover? Well, um, we had the same
0: problem with Weteiza and Roderick.
1: We did, we did. Mind you, I didn't have any trouble beating up Roderick. <laughs> um, I'm going to give him a five. Um, yeah, I was also I, thinking I, of five. I, I think five. Again, potential for a, a much higher score, but you know, you 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 fumble to lose and 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 obviously you really do have to blame him for to lose because he completely misreads his opponent. Yes, um, he does. You know, reading Odo as a coward is in part what causes him to be uh, slightly off his guard yeah um, complacent so, too complacent so there, so there is that also credit for the win but if your side has stirrups and the other side doesn't have stirrups you're already I mean the thumbs on the scale you're already yes, going to win that one so unless he invented stirrups he did or, not yeah I'm i am again five you know can't, can't you know Narvon important held it um but uh, I don't think any more than that
0: yeah I, I'm gonna agree so uh, that is a solid 10 for conquistadores yeah. Nice start. Not bad. All right. Our next category is No Me Digas.
1: Anything?
0: I don't really have anything. I mean, he he didn't, uh, there's no stories about him being uh, cruel. Right. Unless you want to count extorting people that aren't actually under your rule for money as cruel,
1: yeah, I was going to say actually, by, by the standards of the historical era, that doesn't that doesn't merit a raised eyebrow. No, and um, he was also
0: ordered to do so and, by the caliph. Uh,
1: yes, I was going to say, and and honestly, when the caliph tells you to do something, I mean, to to quote Nixonian when the president tells you to do something, it means it's not a crime. When the caliph tells you to do something, it means it's God's will. Just do right.
0: it. Right. You just have to do it. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, there's no stories about him taking concubines, about stealing money, about right. being cruel to people.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, there. I like the cute little anecdote about refusing to take the oath. Uh, oh, that's, yes. You know, that's a little gossipy. That's, you know, that's a little bit of, before he shows up for his first day, whispering in the break room, uh, gossipy. to uh, mm-hmm. you hear about this guy? And you know how he wouldn't take the oath. But then it blah blah blah. That's okay. Um, but we're not getting anything salacious or even particularly surprising or you know uh, unusual. It's a nice little background story. But I feel like two feels harsh and three feels generous what are you thinking
0: how about if you give him a two and i'll give him a three and good. then that'll even out to that, five
1: that'll satisfy me okay good yes all right. that, that
0: that'll be satisfactory that that's that's acknowledging that he was such a uh, suck up to his boss that yes. that that people were chattering about him yes, before exactly. before he even got on the job
1: exactly i think yes. that's i think that's all there is
0: yes so that's a five for no us mm-hmm.
1: yes. Not great. Not too great.
0: Okay, orthodoxia. I don't really have any stories of him being personally religious. Right. However, he did straight up turn to the caliph and say... No, I'm not evacuating the Muslims right. from from because I don't yes. think it's a good idea.
1: Right, that's right. not
0: really what you're spo-
1: no, supposed no, to no.
0: do. That right. kind of goes against the whole hierarchy. of yeah. you know who and what the caliph is. That's so I right. think he's got to get a couple of points for for going out on his own and not just accepting what the right. leader of the leader, his political leader, and the leader of his faith said. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's got to get something. Other than that, so. no, I have no stories either way about his his orthodoxness.
1: Right, right. We've been they've been here for not quite a decade we're, we're almost coming up on a decade right I, i'm starting to just with with in terms of the, the the question of orthodoxy i'm getting impatient for people to start building mosques um it's
0: coming it i is. feel as
1: i feel as though we're, we're getting to the point where okay guys this is not a temp gig you're going to be here a while lay some foundations But we don't have that yet, obviously. I mean, I I guess the point is, I'm not going to dock in points for not building something that isn't, that no one else is building either. But on the other hand, if you're the guy who insists that to the caliph that no 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 this is a going concern i feel like he missed an opportunity to build a mosque you start to lay that groundwork pardon the expression you know it it makes a statement um Mm -hmm. so i yeah again i'm not seeing anything significant as you say i i think a couple of points are all he gets um so i'm i'm thinking i'm thinking a two
0: i think i'm also going to go for a two at this point when when you put it like that he really should have started, you know, at this point, yeah. they're still praying in, in converted, um, monasteries. In converted yeah, monasteries yeah, and such. Right. Yes.
1: So, yeah, no. Come All right. So on, that's people. a four. Build for... a minaret. How hard is this?
0: Come on. Oh, we're going to see some minarets. Don't <laughs> okay, good. worry. All right. All right. So that is a four for Orthodoxia. Okay. Our final category is El Resto, where we talk oh, about coins, buildings, mm-hmm. treaties, things that they left behind? Mm-hmm. I do have a coin and I want to show it to you. Oh, good. Because last episode, I showed you a coin from Damascus. It was a mm-hmm. coin from the Caliph Suleiman. Yeah. Now I'm going to show you a coin that was minted in Spain mm-hmm. um, from about the same time. This was Al-Sams' okay. coin. And it's, it's interesting because uh remember that the previous coins that we have mm-hmm. seen were the mm-hmm. bilingual coins they were right, um, latin right. on one side and arabic on the other and they had the sun right mm-hmm. not they they really mimicked what was already being minted in the iberian right. peninsula before right. when al-sam takes that census and he he kind of redoes the uh uh, the treasury finishes redoing the treasury, there's also mm-hmm. a monetary reform that goes on. And so the coins that we will see in Spain from now on are much more similar to the coins that are minted in Damascus. Oh, okay. So I'm going to show you this coin. This is one of Sam's coins. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's That's very, really nice. very similar to the one yeah. that Suleiman himself was making.
1: Right. at the right. official
0: mint. But this was made mm-hmm. in a backwater province. I think this one was minted in Seville.
1: Yeah again you're you're reminded at the degree to which there is real cultural political infrastructure because that is clearly something that is the result of central authority making itself present even to, at the outermost reaches of the well empire yes. um so yeah no really nice work
0: yep we have the the script around the sides, mm-hmm. and then we have the verses from the Quran in the center. Right. Sure. Um, we can kind of see on this one the, the crimped edge from yeah. the stamper, which is it's pretty got a, cool. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say it has a crimped edge. That's yeah. really impressive.
0: That's it's really quite nice. So so from you know, now when you can't on,
1: paint paintings uh or you know, make sculptures, you put all of that creative energy into anything else and numismatically speaking uh we're the benefit uh beneficiaries yes. of this
0: <laughs> yes it's it's it, it's quite a nice coin
1: it really is
0: we also have some building works to talk oh. about because oh. several sources that mm-hmm. i looked at stated that al sam was the one mm-hmm. who repaired the bridge in cordoba oh. so if you've ever been to cordoba or if you looked at cordoba on a map the guadalquivir mm-hmm. river goes right through the city Okay. Right? Bridges are very important yes. in the city. Sure. And the main bridge had apparently been in disrepair for several years.
1: Oh, really? Okay.
0: Yes. We have a, a couple different flavors of how this happened. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll share the, the different stories I have. We'll start with Ibn al Kutiya. Okay. He said that uh, an official from the caliph, a guy named Jabir, he took up residence mm-hmm. in Cordoba near the graveyard and prayer hall in the Adrabal suburb. Mm-hmm. When he received news of Umar's death, he stopped collecting the tax money and used it to build the bridge over the river at Cordoba opposite the garden.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So, th- so that's the first story that once Umar died, they were like, well, let's just use this money for ourselves and repair this bridge
1: right right
0: mm-hmm. now al makari states quote however it was al sam who caused the bridge at cordoba to be rebuilt after pertaining after obtaining permission of the caliph to that effect hmm. okay. yeah so there's a couple different stories as to uh, who said to rebuild the bridge and where the right money
1: from. right mm-hmm. sure
0: the Akbar Mahmu'ah also shares the bridge story, but he claims that the Caliph Umar told Al Sam to repair the bridge with with whatever scavenged stone he could find. <laughs> all so right. I don't, I don't it, care how you
1: do it. Just get it done. Right. Just get
0: it done. I don't want to spend any extra money on right. it. Right. Just, just exactly. It done. But all three of them, all three of our Arabic sources agree that it was Al Sam who rebuilt this bridge. This who large, did it? Okay. Who did it? This, this mm-hmm. infrastructure. Mm hmm. As for the rest of it, he ruled from uh, seven nineteen to seven twenty one, which mm-hmm. is three years, maybe yeah. a little over three. He because he died at uh, it towards the end of seven twenty one.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't
0: know anything about his children if he had any. They didn't
1: come Under into our story, mm-hmm. right?
0: And he, he didn't quite die in battle. He was critically wounded in battle and died later.
1: Eh, di- died of died of a battle wound, I will accept. Died uh, of a battle uh, as, wound as, is as,
0: pretty cool.
1: Yeah, exactly. The question that I want to ask is obviously all of you know our, our all of our governors have had relatively short tenures mm-hmm. in some cases because they were stabbed multiple times. But the question that I want to ask is, is the governorship seen as or intended to be a very long-term appointment? In other words, it's it's clearly not necessarily for life, but to what extent is it seen as? In other words, I guess my question is: should I be judging them negatively? if they only serve a few years, given that it is entirely possible that most governors uh, in the caliphate possibly only served a few years. In other words, how how important is this? I will say
0: that three years is about Mm -hmm. the average
1: for the Muslim
0: governors of Mm Al-Andalus, but it's not I don't think it was intended to be because we okay. will have a couple governors coming up that ruled for nine or ten years.
1: Oh, OK. I mean, if I'm if I'm the if I'm the leader, if I'm the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Kelly, then then I can see the value of rotating leaders out, especially from the distant provinces, because, mm-hmm. you know, they will not. The, the, the locals will not regard me as the absolute ruler so much as they will the governor. And if you let the governor last long enough, they'll start thinking things. Right. Um, so I can see that being a policy, but if it's, but if it's, if it's not, if it's just in, in that case, you know, I will, I will just, I will judge them uh, a little more negatively then. Yes. Um, I, th-
0: although I do think that someone like Al Hur, who mm-hmm. ruled for three years because he was he, he was told by the caliph to step right. down. You sure. know, he, he had his job taken from him mm-hmm. should be judged more negatively than someone like Al Samh, right. who happened to rule three years because he died. Right.
1: That's right. I was gonna say no, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blast him for dying in battle uh in order, you know, in against the you know Enemies of the Caliphate. I think that's that's about as boss a way uh, to go out as as can be. If you got to die, you got to die young, die nobly, and that's a pretty noble way to go.
0: Thinking of a so, pretty decent score for this. Yeah, With I, the I fiscal agree. reform, the coin, yes. the bridge. Yes. Uh, he's mm-hmm. got a lot more. I
1: was going to say he, he 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 built something important. Well, he rebuilt, but still something important. You know, that's that's good. Yeah, I I will I will I will go for a five. I, will go for I was a also five. thinking
0: a five.
1: Yeah, I'll go for a five on this one. Yep. Oh, so that is right. a
0: 10 mm. for El Resto. Not and bad. that means his total score is mm. a 24. Hmm. Not great. Not great. Not terrible.
1: Not terrible. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's not, you know like tolga (laughs)
1: no 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 uh it's also not musa though now is it (laughs) no it
0: isn't it is not okay Uh, but that leads us to our final question fuero or fuera do we let el sam sign the fuero or do we tell him fuera
1: this is tough Um, it's a little tough it is i find it a little tough i mean basically what i feel like is he is someone who would have been an easy Fuero had he lasted a little longer. I agree. Um, I I feel as though he is someone who did not live long enough to, to rate Fuero. Had he done so, you know, there's, based on what we have seen, based on the Telling the caliph, I'm not going to swear an oath, and then explaining why—that's sort of a, a badass thing. Telling the caliph, no, you, you don't want us to leave. Uh, this place can be, you know, something good. All of it suggests, and of course, taking Narvon. I mean, basically, it, it's—I feel as I feel as though Fuero, you've got to be the hero of a novel, and he's mm. the hero of the first two chapters. Uh of a novel that's really how I feel about him is you you were clearly on track
0: yeah but I agree
1: but I can't I can't say I mean this is one of those I'm really sorry to say Fuera but we can't we can't give Fuero on potential I think we've got to give Fuero on on achievement and he just wasn't around long enough
0: and I um, think I agree. He has so much potential. He has yeah. so much personality and force of mm-hmm. will. He would yeah. have been an easy fuero if he hadn't yeah. died in the Battle of Toulouse.
1: Exactly. That's that's basically my attitude is you yeah. know, you, you know, and hey, you know what? William Henry Harrison might have been the greatest president in the world, but we will we'll never, never know, know. Now will we?
0: <laughs> no, <Nope>, thanks, pneumonia. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that is a fuera for Al mm-hmm. Sam. Let us know yes. what you think if you agree or not. Our blog post on uh we have blog posts on every single one of our episodes with partial yes. transcripts and a poll. You can mm-hmm. vote whether you think these uh guys should have gotten fuero or fuera. You mm-hmm. can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at our Gmail account. These are all Spanish Arpada. And mm. yeah, we really like to hear from uh listeners. It's it's pretty awesome. Yes. All right, before we go, we are going to do recommendation.
1: Yes. You want to go first this time? Yeah, I can go first. I am once again going to pull in, pull from the catalog of uh, my late mother's uh, movie collection. She was a very big fan uh, of this movie, which I'm very happy to say I I introduced her to. I I remember seeing it and, and coming home and telling her to drop whatever she was doing uh, and to go out and see this movie. It is a movie by uh, Kenneth Branagh from 1995. So we are going back a ways. Kenneth Branagh, over an 18-month period, made two movies about Hamlet, one of which one of which was his big cut uh, version of Hamlet starring himself, which I hate. Uh, <laughs> I just, I think it's a terrible movie. And the other was this one, and it's so good that I'm almost willing to forgive him for making the bad Hamlet. It is called... Now, if you are in the UK uh, or any of its uh, various subsidiaries, it is called In the Bleak Midwinter. Uh, okay. If you are in the US, it is called A Midwinter's Tale. Yeah, it was made in, as I say, 1995. It is the story of an out-of-work actor who is, on, by his own admission, on the verge of a nervous breakdown. And in order to avoid going into a nervous breakdown, he decides because of course he does to direct and star in a production of Hamlet in an abandoned uh, cathedral out in the middle of nowhere. And it's over the holiday season. So all of the actors, all of the professional actors in London are gone. So he can only collect the dregs and the broken people to join him on this, uh, quixotic pursuit and it is really uh just a a story about simultaneous redemptive and obsessive nature of theater of of using theater uh either as a way to avoid you know despair or to redeem yourself and it is funny Mm-hmm. uh Brana wrote the screenplay he's not in it himself which i give him full marks for i thought that was a nice humility a bit of humility on his part not to play the lead but everybody who has ever been in a kenneth Brana movie is in it uh, in some way he is he has definitely cast his own crew and they're just doing uh the exquisitely snarky flamboyant, alcoholic, self-destructive collection of theater people under adversity. So it is, it is one half Hamlet and one half Noises Off. And it is just, it is just a wonderful, wonderful movie. And as I said before, he made two Hamlet movies. And I think in this one he showed that he really does understand what Hamlet is about. It, it just, it's oddly enough, it's he he does it right with the comedy. Uh, not with a straight-up adaptation. So yes, uh, A Midwinter's Tale or In the Bleak Midwinter, Kenneth Branagh, 1995.
0: Sounds good. Yep. All right, my recommendation for this week is a book. I have ah. started to get my act together and compile a list of sources for my dissertation. Oh, I'm good. i be happy to hear. I've yeah. finally gotten started All right,
1: it. excellent. I,
0: I passed my comprehensive exams last summer, and now... I've got to start. I've got to start writing.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do. As as, do. as a doctorate uh, owner myself, I will just say, yeah, you do. Don't let it go too long.
0: I won't let it go too long. But okay. as I was going through the resources that I already had, I mm-hmm. came across a book that mm-hmm. I had forgotten that I had, and I thought, oh, I really this is a really good basic book. Mm-hmm. It is called mm-hmm. China in Disintegration. The Republican Era in Chinese History, 1912
1: to 1949.
0: Ooh, wow. Yes, it is an excellent book. It is by James E. Sheridan. Mm. It was written in like the 70s, but it is straightforward simple mm-hmm. description of a very complicated time yeah i was gonna history. say did anything
1: important happen to china during that uh, period of time i don't seem to recall everything important <laughs> yeah. happened to yeah right exactly. so
0: <laughs> it, it really just goes from the origins of the uh, republic of china right. the chinese revolution mm-hmm. through the Warlord period without uh, getting bogged down into a million names and dates and battles right and, and and inter-party struggles right is really quite if you if you know nothing or if you learned about the Chinese revolution maybe like in school and you're like I don't remember but I know right stuff happens and then the communists came and you don't really know how they went from emperor to Mao mm-hmm. this is the book for you so right. I, I, I read it when I was first thinking about my dissertation topic. Mm-hmm. And it's it's exactly where you need to start if, okay. you, if you need a jumping off point. Right. So China in Disintegration by James E. Sheridan. Uh-huh. Probably the most basic and useful book on the period that you can get. Excellent. Yes. All right. So next time okay. we will be talking about Al Sam's successor, who is mm. a man named Anbasa
1: okay and
0: uh we will learn all about him all about his battles all about the northern rebellion and Mm. uh all kinds of great stuff in his oh good yes so we will see you next time
1: all right thank you bye bye